welcome to The Prosper Project, the show that helps entrepreneurs build brands that impact the world and the bottom line. We know that success doesn't come in a one-size-fits-all package. That's why we're bringing you adaptable marketing strategies along with valuable insights from inspiring changemakers, firebrands, and visionaries. I'm Lorraine Sugart, founder of the disruptive brand agency, Prosper for Purpose. Now for this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Prosper Project. So we're going to have some fun today. My guest is Ann Bennett, and she is the founder of Ann Bennett Marketing, but she's also known as a rebel brander. And we're going to get into that as well as how you can take her philosophy of rebel branding to really hone in on what is special about you and use that to stand out and attract your ideal clients and customers. So welcome to the Prosper Project, Anne. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you, Lorraine, for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your company and what you do. Well, you know, I've been in business now for the last, oh, about 15 years And originally, my background is I was a magazine art director at Vogue. And so I've worked with some of the highest of the high-end people in terms of the most powerful people in messaging, branding, and photography, and that kind of stuff. So I really know how to develop a story and an idea around a concept. And developing around a concept is very similar to developing around a personality, So I found that bringing all of that to bear on my entrepreneurial clients has been really great for them, very profitable, as well as distinguishes them in the marketplace and really positions them to stand out amongst, I don't know, what do we have now? Two billion websites or something. (laughs) So crazy. And And a lot lot of entrepreneurs feel intimidated and overwhelmed and So today we're going to talk about the number one thing that you can do or that you can use to distinguish yourself from everyone else in the world. And then you're going to introduce us into the renegade brand archetype. But before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about Vogue. You had all this exposure to all these different industries and people and storytelling from visual to digital to the printed magazine that is one of the top magazines in the world. And then you decided to go out on your own and start your own marketing agency. So what kind of led you to do that, to become an entrepreneur? Well, I like to call myself the reluctant entrepreneur. I never had that kind of background, really. Like, I don't have an MBA. It's all streetwise and, you know, ignorance on fire, I like to say. (laughs) I'm very passionate about what I do. I love people and I love really diving vertically into what makes them unique and what makes them tick. I left New York City. I happen to have been lucky enough to be there to experience 9-11 Mm-hmm. up close and personal. And that changed my life forever, changed my DNA. I call it a miracle day, a miracle morning, so to speak, because mm-hmm. uh, I saw the first plane hit the World Trade Center. And in that moment, of course, my ambition and the glitz and the glamour and the power of being at the top of the fashion industry, it lost its allure. I wanted to 
have my life have a bigger meaning to it and be really about helping talented, creative entrepreneurs to excel in the businesses that they started. Most of the entrepreneurs I work with are heart-centered. They've got big visions for wanting to really make an impact in the world, change the world because they were here. And that aligns with my heart completely. And so you moved to LA, you got as far away from New York as you could. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the other coast. I'm yeah. actually originally from California, Okay, but I was out in New York 25 years. So I consider myself a 50-50 bar. You, you kind of sound like a New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. People are, they meet me and they're like, are you sure you weren't born and raised in New York? And I was like, well, kind of. I mean, yeah. I went out there, I was in my late 20s and, you know, stayed for a big career in New York. And then I was like, okay. A little, it was a little bit like Gidget Goes to Hell when I first went because I was a beach surfer girl. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, it was crazy. And learning to be in a different environment like New York is quite challenging, but I love a challenge. So... Um, kind of tenacious and scrappy that way. Yeah. My friends are like, you have grit. <laughs> Grit's and important. Like, well, it's yeah. important. It's something it that every important. entrepreneur actually, if you don't have it enough, develop you'll be developing it because it's a demand in yeah, the entrepreneur you, world. Yeah. It entrepreneurism is like I've heard it called the Wild West. I've heard it called a <laughs> roller coaster. I mean, if you get into it, you're just going to have to anticipate that there will be ups and downs. It's all about that. Yeah. And how you ride it out. And it really, you have to have a strong, well, we that's like a whole conversation for another day, but you have to have that inner grit and you also have to have some kind of inner circle that really is there for you. And and that's, yeah, that kind of support. But I want to dig in and kind of satisfy the suspense that's building for everyone (laughs) who's listening right now. What's the number one thing? What's the number one thing? Right? So what is the number one thing that distinguishes you from everyone else in the world? Not you personally, but globally. Like like everyone, right? Like everyone. And I think it's so much like right under your nose that we forget about it. But it's actually your personality. Mm -hmm. The 1% of... Your point of view, what I say, what breaks your heart and what pisses you off. Yes. Uh, The things that you really care about, passion. I was just listening to uh, a couple of big entrepreneurs speaking about passion and how having that drive to keep picking yourself up as you fail, right? As you fail forward and just moving is so extremely important. And people always ask me, well, how do I figure that out? Or I don't know, we're so kooky, right? We're so kooky. Here we are, we living our lives, we know ourselves really well. And people ask us stuff like, well, what are you passionate about? It's kind of like people go silent. You know, it's funny because my godchild was over for dinner um, about a week ago. And I said, So Connor, tell me, what are you really passionate about? Because he was talking about like, you know, graduating from high school and starting college in the fall. And he looked at me and he said, that's a really good question. No one's ever asked me that before. And I said, everyone should be asking you that all the time. And so, yeah, it's just so interesting that we are on this kind of track that's like, do, do, do. And I will say on one hand, I think that when we hit obstacles, 
we do need to fail forward. And a lot of the time that includes picking ourselves up and just keep going. But other times we do need to understand where it is we're going. And I think that's where that passion and that purpose comes into play, right? Yeah, I think that's the fastest way I know for people to really understand what they're passionate about. My belief is that you came into the world and you've always been the person that you are. You know, then we develop our personality styles and, oh, this is what I should do and what I shouldn't do. And these are the rules and this is how it works. And I want to do it right and have it be perfect. All that gets in the way of really shining and being unique as who you are. To me, it's like I have my clients write defining moments from every decade of their life. And there's a thread. There's a theme. You'll see that who you were at five years old is really who you are now. It's just that you're a little bit bigger. Some of us don't ever get out of five years old, but, you know, hopefully we mature some and we gain some wisdom. But I always say the knowledge of that, like even being able to realize, and I've done my own inner work, so I know what that, you know, the pivotal moment of my life that's defined so much of it and how silly it is to look back at that five-year-old and I was five little girl and think, oh, so that's what's been influencing me. It's just wild. But at least once you know, you can acknowledge it when it's coming up and then sometimes use tools to move past it, right? And I'm, I'm a firm believer of use everything you've got. Yeah. So it's kind of like an acting technique. So if you're nervous, be nervous. It's freaking awesome. It's an incredible energy, right? If you're anxious, embrace the anxiety and move, you know, just use it to move yourself. I know for myself, I've moved myself quite a bit out of anger. When people, my father used to say no you know, no, you can't do this, or girls don't do that, or that kind of thing, I'd be like, watch me. And a lot of women entrepreneurs, particularly have that button. Oh, yeah, we hear that all the time, or we've heard that all the time. And, And depending on what you do with your life, you'll hear it even more. So you developed your own brand archetype. So we want to note that there are, you know, if you search brand archetypes, there are different versions of kind of a core one that are out in the world, but you are the renegade archetype (laughs) expert. And so you, of course, had to develop your own archetypes. So can you talk through what your archetypes are and just kind of briefly define each one? And then we'll go into what you are. And you had me take the test right before. And it's a quiz and it's super fun. So go do it. But right before we started, so we can talk about, you know, firsthand the differences in our own archetypes. But introduce us to that. What, What are the brand archetypes? Yeah, you know, so there's four in my world. You're a nurturer, disruptor, innovator, or geek. And of course, you know, we're multifaceted. So everyone's like, well, I'm more than one or I'm all of them. But I'm in branding, you need to land on something that's obvious, that people see every time they see you walk into a room, you know, and we can build out the whole messaging, the brand, the visual, the everything around it. So I see simplicity is my middle name. It's like, please, let's just make it simple. So if you're a nurturer, I like to use Oprah because she's so iconic, you know, as, oh, you're spiritual, you're generous, 
you're a very positive person. You're the one that like the girl next door that everyone tells their secrets to. And, you know, they know they'll be safe and understood and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like the person you, when you first meet them, you feel like you've known them before. Yes. That's the nurturing personality type. And it doesn't mean, oh, I'm in health and wellness necessarily. Right. No, I think I am a nurturer in my personal life. I think Mm -hmm. that's my archetype in my personal life. So I totally get that. And I think we bring part of the personal to our professional for sure. But, you know, we are just like you said, we're multifaceted. So you may have one version of you in your personal life and another in your professional because you've been able to learn and grow and know that you have to bring a different aspect, like, you know, to your business, correct? Yeah. Are you a mom? Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, moms, I say moms can run small countries. I agree with that. Moms are, you know, of course, they're nurturing, right? Because they're moms, right? So I laugh sometimes when people ask me if I say, are you a mom? And then I just say, we'll just put the nurture, we'll turn the card over. Well, I think I was even before I was a mom, but that's like another conversation. So that's the nurture. And so Oprah is an example of that. Is there anyone else that you think of? Well, these archetypes are, you know, anyone like Louise Hay, Byron Katie, Brene Brown is a geek. So I'm going to leave her. But what I want to say about the archetypes, what, what really works with these archetypes is Oprah's like worth, what is she worth? Two and a half billion. Something like that. Yeah. That's the archetype, Oprah. That's how powerful it is. This It sounds like fun and it sounds like a game and it sounds silly, but this is how we attach ourselves to people, mm-hmm. right? We attach ourselves to their archetype. That's why we fall in love with them. You know, we fall in love with her. We want to be with her because of her nurturing archetype. And it also equates to profitability, It's a lot about profit and how you stand out in the marketplace and position yourself. All of that around branding is most people are really, really good at what they do. They do not know how to position themselves. Right. They don't really stand out. So the next archetype is the disruptor. My favorite, of course. That's what you are, correct? That's what I am. So tell us about you now. Tell us about the disruptor personality type or brand architect. like they love to upset the status quo. They love to have people go, whoop, whoop, whoop. Like they love to say things that kind of trigger people to think differently, be different about what they're doing. They're kind of the freedom fighters. They're super passionate and emotional. And they just love to be up on the edge of things. So I think of people like Madonna, I like to use Madonna, Lady Gaga, people that really express themselves in every which way, right? They're kind of like the, uh, you know, a little bit, they're like the rock star. The innovator, which is who you are, is understated. They're not the peacock type personality. And I'm actually an introvert. I have my persona. People don't believe me. And I'm like, I really am quiet when I'm at home. I love (laughs) being home. My friends are like, you are not a party animal. And I'm like, 
yeah, I mean, I had my time when I was younger, but now I'm like, yeah, you did that in New York. You're over it. You're back to being a California woman, right? Yeah. I'm a little more quiet now. And, you know, I like a good conversation, a deep conversation with people. Um, But the disruptors love to, to be the center of attention, I would say. And then, you know, like Elon Musk is definitely a disruptor. He's a bad boy all the way around. Where yeah. Steve Jobs is an innovator, a yeah, very totally. different personality styles. So what distinguishes the innovators? The innovators are very creative. They usually have a team. So they're the visionary, who are, I call the visionary. They have a team that implements their ideas. They're busy creating. Yeah, that's my favorite space is creating. So if I didn't yeah. have self-discipline and a team, nothing would ever get out in the world, right? Exactly. That's all I am too. I have a lot of innovator in me as well. And it's like, yeah, I'm always saying to my team, well, if it's not the last minute, it doesn't happen. And at the last minute, I'm changing and tweaking and adjusting before it goes out the door. Okay. So the innovator is like that. They have a big vision and they have team to produce it because then they're okay. off into the big thoughts. Right. It's like right. that. And they're more understated than the disruptor. And I like to use Steve Jobs because he would just stand on the stage in his sneakers and his black t-shirt and we'd all be waiting for him to pull something out of his pocket. Yeah. And there didn't have to be a big PowerPoint. He didn't have to wear a sparkly jacket. It was the message. Yeah. And he was really brilliant at delivering that. He sure was. You know, Apple is the biggest technology company in the world right now. They are the one. And when they started off, everybody laughed at them. Oh, yeah. "Ah, That little tiny computer company, whatever, right? Then he came in with Think Different and everything exploded. And all the creatives embraced the brand. They embrace Steve. His personality is what distinguished that. You know, when you think of Sony, there's no personality. Right. It's a great, you know, they make great products, but they're, we don't know necessarily who they're for other than people who appreciate high-end products. Whereas with Apple and with iPhone and, and all the things that came out of Apple under Steve Jobs, you know that it's aimed at creatives and people who want to be seen as creative. So they adapt, but you don't see them in CPA firms or architectural firms. So it is really different. So what we're talking about right now is how basically when you step into your archetype, it can help give you direction and how you develop your brand, correct? Right. It totally dictates how the brand gets developed. Because yeah. people are like, oh, I'm going to have a pretty picture or I'm going to, this is going to be my color palette. And I'm like, well, how do you know what it's going to be? Until exactly. You understand what your archetype is. Because then that's going to, the nurturing color palette is different than the disruptive color palette, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the colors are going to be different. The typeface is going to be different. The whole storyline that we're building around your brand is going to be different than if you were someone else. And people are fascinating because we've so been taught not to be ourselves, particularly as women. Oh, let's do this, do that, do this. Let's improve this. 
let's yeah. improve what we have, right? And I'm all for improvement and enhancement. However, when it comes to who you truly are, that's where we want to go. Well, and authenticity is so important, especially in the market today, the market of the past, I would say, even 10 years. People will find you out if you're not being authentic to who you are. I'm an innovator. I could never be your archetype. That's just not me. And people would sense that it wasn't me. So I can't say, oh, today I'm going to be a disruptor and do this. Do I have disruptive thoughts? Yes, but I don't share them necessarily just to have that kind of shock and awe value. I'm very thoughtful in how I develop them. So while you're challenging people in their ways of thinking, which I love, I'm more persuasive, like, hey, have you ever thought of it this way? So I love that. And I love pulling out how that can affect your fonts and your colors, but also in how you do your social media and how your website copy reads and all of that. I think once you have that archetype, you could really put those on as a pair of glasses and go back through the things that you're doing and say, am I being consistent in my archetype, right? Yeah, you can tweak everything. I mean, when people work with me, of course, there's layers and layers of nuancing. Right, right. It's not just as simple as how I'm presenting it, but it's a great place to start. Yeah, so walk us through, like, when someone comes to you, are they coming to you for a branding process? Is that the problem that they have when they're coming to you? I just want to say one thing about the geek. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. We didn't talk deep about the geek. And I love geek. Back to Brene Brown. Yes, yes, yes. You know, Brene Brown was a scientist before she became the incantation of the inspirational speaker and talking about vulnerability. So she's got that kind of a brain. The geeks are my favorite because, of course, as a creative, I'm like, they have a plan. They know where they're going. They've got systems and the structures to make it happen. I'm like, please come and work with me, right? They're my people that I love to hire. So if you're somebody who loves to plan and you have spreadsheets for everything and you know what's going on and you love to track and look at the numbers and do all that, you're definitely falling into the geek category. Or if you love to do research, that's a blueprinted type of map kind of person you're definitely a geek. But on to the other question about how do people work with me and what happens when they come and see me? Yeah, Uh, Most of them come with, they're not sure how to speak about themselves. They're not sure how to present themselves, what to say. I do this thing that I call head whipping hook. So hooks are like saying something that no one else says about your industry. And that's challenging because most of us hear the same things over and over and over, right? Yes. You want to say some things that relate, but you want to say something very different. So that's where I can really bring my disruptive type of personality to things. I would say they come, they either want to refresh a brand because they've grown and they're different than when they started their business. Right. I want to really stand out now. I want to really position myself as this expert in the field and that I'm a thought leader and I'm all this. That's great. Or they come and they're like, I don't have a brand, which you actually have a brand, whether you think you have one or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We are making three minute snap judgment about who you are, everything. 
with your energy. I always say it's your vibe. People want to be around you because your vibe and there's different vibes that people are. That's where the archetypes came from. You know, like the nurturing yeah. vibe, that girl next door vibe that you want to be around. The geek vibe is like, oh, they have a plan. I can relax. It's all good. It's going to happen. You know, that kind of vibe. So the innovator, you know, you're going to be enrolled and enthralled in a new way of thinking. Yeah. Like you used to think different. You're going to see something that you're like, oh, I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it that way. You know, the disruptor's going to be like, oh, my God, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, yeah. It's going to have a level of excitement, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, in terms of hooks, I like to use alliteration. I do too. Oh, yeah. another alliteration so it's like fan. Dr. Yep. Seuss is my favorite person for oh, this. Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, even when I'm old and gray, I'll be saying green eggs and ham, Sam I am. Yeah, I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam I am. You are going to remember that your entire life. Like You are. Yeah, when we're young, that stuff really imprints on us, right? Cool. And it does influence us. If it touches our heart, then it's going to continue to come up for us. It's going to continue to touch your heart. I have an exercise that I put my clients in where I ask them, Who's your favorite cartoon character and why? Mm. Why, of course. Yeah. It's the most important aspect. But you only actually can relate to and see things that you're like, that you have an aspect of good, bad, and ugly. Not always positive, yeah. but that's how we relate to each other. That's why a brand archetype is so important because right. we'll be like, oh my God, they're a geek. I just, I love them. I want to hire that person. Yeah. And rarely do those kind of people present themselves that way. It's like, oh, I have the solution to everything. And if I don't, I'll figure it out. Right. 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 But That's instead, right. You know, they're like, oh, I don't want to be a geek. I want to be a disruptor. I'm like, no, you don't. Oh, yeah, that's so weird. No, I mean, in theory, disruptors sound amazing. And there are people that I would definitely want to be around. But my people that I feel comfortable around most are, like you said, are probably the geeks. And really, when you get down to it, most CEOs are probably either innovators or disruptors, I would yeah, guess. Totally. So your right-hand person maybe should be geeks or even nurturers because those two categories I would think would complement each other pretty well. Yeah, definitely. You want your COO to be a geek and you want everyone to be a nurturer to a degree, right? But yeah. All your interfacing people that interface, if you hire coaches or if you have customer service people or they're interacting with other people, you want them to be nurturers. Yeah. So Ann Bennett, how do people find you? AnnBennettMarketing.com mm -hmm. website. I love to have people friend me on Instagram or Facebook. It's okay. AnnBennettMarketing. Yep. It's great. Okay. We're going to give them the opportunity to do the archetype quiz. Good. Do it. It's so fun and it's so easy. So all those links will be below. And how do your clients typically find you? Typically, I'm a speaker. Okay. Uh, so I'm out in the world a lot. I love to teach and blow people's minds. 
Okay. Well, if you have, and of course you do. And if you guys could see Anne, like I see Anne, she is wearing a red leather jacket with white stars and really funky, cool red glasses. And her hair is really edgy. So she definitely presents as a disruptor, as opposed to me, who is very casual today with my hair knotted in a bun at the back of my head. So I love it. I just think this is black, at least. Yes, I'm wearing black. Is you know, it's very New Yorkish. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it is New it's York. like black, it's white, and gray. It's, it's easy for me. Oh, yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah, I always feel like it's a safe color. Like you can kind of fade in the background if you want to in black. Whereas if you're in red, you're definitely standing out. So yeah, it's well, interesting. It's we we look completely opposite from we do, other, we do, right? we do. We should take a picture. Yeah, well, we can do that. I'll take a screenshot and I'll share that on social today and tag you as well. So this is called the Prosper Project. So I always end each interview with a question, what does it mean for you to prosper? Because I want people to see and hear different yeah, people's perspectives. Prosper, being prosperous is about, you know, it's such a great question. It's like when people ask you about what success is, right? Right. For me, being prosperous is being able to be creative, to be able to express myself and help other people express who they are. And really, you know, my goal is to have my clients own, honor, and unleash whoever they are into the world so that we can all benefit from each other because we're all different. And that's great. Instead of like, oh, you're weird or you're different, go over there. It's more like, come, come, come over here. Let's play together. Let's use each other's genius to make things even better. Exactly. That's that's really my thing. I love that. And this was such a fun episode. Thank you for coming in and and playing with us (laughs) and leading us through that. I just really appreciate your time and had such a great time talking with you. So if you're listening to this podcast on the go, please bookmark it, go back and check out the show note and check out Anne's quiz and her website. And I want to thank everyone for being with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor and leave us a review and share it with someone else. Get them to take the brand archetype quiz and have your own conversation. So I will be back next week again. And Bennett, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Prosper Project. If you want to grow a peerless, profitable brand, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you find value in our show, please help us reach others by sharing an episode and leaving a review. In appreciation, please visit prosperforpurpose.com for more free resources to help you grow your business.